Hey, can I tell you guys about my friends at Solid Roofing? These guys are absolutely amazing. Storms recently came through and just decimated our house. Man, they messed our roof up. And the Solid Roofing team came in and they were professional and courteous and just awesome all the way around and they fixed our roof. Now, here's the really great news is that the owner is also a licensed insurance adjuster. So he cuts out the middleman. So not only is he the contractor who works on your house, but he's also the insurance adjuster that can help get you the best deal for your roof. Put the adjuster on your side today. Call Solid Roofing at 918-809-2234. Once again, that's 918-809-2234. Solid Roofing. You're listening to the Northfield Radio Program, where faith, family, and culture all collide with a biblical worldview. Your host for the Northfield Radio Program is Caleb Gordon. You can find out more about Caleb at www.calebgordon.com. Welcome to the program, ladies and gentlemen. I'm excited everybody is with us again today. As always, I would love to give a little shout out to Outpost Coffee. Thanks for giving us amazing beverages. You guys got to check those guys out at outpostcoffeeco.com. Well, I'm excited that on today's program, I've got a friend in the studio, Gijo Palai. He is with us. He is, you say Gijo, that doesn't sound like an American name. Well, it's not an American name. It. He is uh, from India. He is a friend of mine. He loves Jesus. He is passionate about seeing the gospel um, penetrate culturally all over the place. He wants to see the gospel spread everywhere. Um, he is a businessman. He has got some incredible stuff. And I just, we're going to have a conversation about life, about where he's from, how he got to America, his thoughts on the gospel inside of America, his thoughts on how to, how to, how to bring revival to this country. And, and we're just going to talk about things like that. So welcome to the program, G. Joe. Hey, how's it going? It's great, man. I'm glad you're here. So Good tell us, here. tell us about yourself. Tell me, tell me about where you came from. Sure. Um, so Gijo Palai doesn't sound very much of an Indian name either. Okay. <laughs> uh, well, I grew up Catholic. Uh, to a lot of people's, uh, you know, surprise, especially mm-hmm. this part of the world, you know, people don't expect me to grow up Catholic and. Catholicism, things like that. So I grew up uh, Catholic in a small village. In, in India? In India, southern okay. India, the state of Kerala, which is under a lot of uh, uh, natural disaster sure. zone at the moment. And so they're going through. They're My grandpa right mm-hmm. was actually, he worked for Phillips Petroleum Company, and he lived in Kerala. That's right. Uh, That's right. India. And so we, <laughs> I've got some family ties there. So it's pretty yes. crazy. In fact, your dad told me all about it when yeah. I first met him yeah. uh, several years ago. That was almost seven years ago. Yeah. It's, has it been that long? Mm-hmm. Holy um, cow. Yeah. We've been here in town eight years, and uh, I think I met you guys within the first year. Now, we were at, we were at a men's event. We breakfast, went to, yeah. we went to a breakfast, and then we went to... No, we were... It was a movie night. That's right. Yeah. We had a movie night, <laughs> and it was a, it, we were watching The Book of Eli yep. at our friend Dale's house, Yep, and we... Uh, yeah, that's how we met, and we just struck up a conversation there, and we just we been were grabbing pizza, and then pizza was we, good. Yeah, pizza was good, and then we talked about things, and I I think I shared a little bit of my story with you that night. Yeah, you did, and uh, yeah, and then I started following you on social media, and then I came and spoke to yeah, your you church. Spoke one to time. our church. Yeah, shared shared with our church. So for the audience that's listening, share with us. Okay, so how? Uh, so you were, grew up Catholic in India. Mm-hmm. Um, 
what how did you okay so how did you find how did Jesus find you okay yeah great question um so i grew up catholic as a very thorough rigid catholic family which yep. means we we woke up around 5 5:30 most mornings and then we went to church like we went to church every single day and um that included saturday and sunday so every single day we were in the church i was an altar boy for many many years and then i joined the choir and i was the keyboardist slash choir master oh wow for a number of years so you play piano too yeah a little bit what? uh by by ear <laughs> i used to read the notes on my right but i don't really do well on my left but yeah i played the keys there um and you know kind of my dad taught me the first song and then i learned the rest of it either with someone's help or just figured it out and then yeah i kept on going anyway uh 18 years i'm kind of speed up a little bit of this uh so 18 years old uh, very Catholic. Um, uh, my dad passed away, and I left home. But you know, I'm going back two more years behind that. Uh, there was a priest who came and started preaching not very Catholic messages, more lenient towards the Protestant way of uh, looking sure. at faith. And yeah. my dad really got attracted to that message, and he started transforming, you know, into that. And then we started having revival meetings that we used to go to. And then at our home, we were at prayer meetings. But so this, this is the, in India? In India. Oh, wow, okay. It, within the Catholic Church. Okay. What they, a, a new branch that started off, or it's always existed, at the, we just didn't know about, called Charismatic Catholics. And they, <laughs> they were <laughs> they were on the uh, more on the Pentecostal side, okay. you know, or here maybe close to Assemblies of God or maybe something like that. Fair enough. So anyway, uh, Dad passed away when I was 18. I left home to find work. We kind of grew up pretty poor, didn't have a lot to, to ourselves and stuff. So I had to leave immediately to find work. Sure. So I went to the big city of Bombay. Oh, and wow. about, yeah. yeah. So, you know, 18 million people Whew. just on record. And not on record, <laughs> they say it's over 20, 25 or so. 25 million? Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah, that's a lot of people. In that is one, a lot of folks. Uh, yeah. But it's a large city and it's spreading and, and you know, going big. So I, I moved there and with my cousin, and I started working there. And uh, on my second job, my boss sent me to an orphanage uh, to care for a couple of computers that were donated by uh, him. Okay. Uh, but uh, they were missionaries, and I got to see missionaries. Now, this is uh, year 1998, and I did not speak a single word of English. <laughs> oh, wow. That's the year and, I graduated, by the way. Oh, cool. Yeah, and yeah, just... <laughs> Okay. <laughs> yeah, no, no, that's awesome. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. It's good to have those kind of timelines in time alignment, there. right? Yeah. So I uh, I didn't speak a word of English at that point, and uh, I started, uh, uh, I, I went over there, and then uh, luckily the superintendent of the orphanage spoke my language, and she was the one who was in between us to translate back and forth. Yeah. But the end of it, and I fixed those computers, trained some of the kids on it, and on my way out, uh, this Australian man... Uh, uh, gave me his number and asked me to give him a call. Uh, he w wanted me to go and take a look at some of the computers at his house. But since I did not speak English, I held on to that note for eight months while gathering the basics of English from my colleagues and writing them down on a piece of paper and repeating and making sure that I know how to say those. Wow. And uh, uh, eight months later, I called him and we, we met on a Sunday at his house, took care of the computers and um, grabbed dinner. They served me a plate, and 
and then uh, he invited to kind of meet his immediate family, like you know his wife and children, uh, and it was all in their kind of a, a bedroom where they were all gathered, and so we kind of talked over there because they had a computer that they yeah. wanted me to look at it later. Anyway, at the end of that, uh, he said uh, he asked me if I heard of Jesus, and I said yes, I have, and I told him that me Catholic. <laughs> yeah, and and he, you know, I was like, oh, okay. His eyes lit up. Yeah, he was like, wait but, a second. Wait, yeah. Oh, okay. We, we're all maybe on closer to the same page than we thought. Right. Yeah. I don't have to start from page one. Yeah, I can yeah. start page seventy now. There we go. There we go. <laughs> so, and he asked me if I know for sure if I would go to heaven yeah. when I die, and I said no, but I'll find out when I get there, because mm. that's what I've been taught. Sure. Yeah. And uh, so I will. I will know when I get there. And he said, well, the Bible probably says something different. And he opened up the Bible and he read John 3.16. I never entered my mind in that way. And so you'd said, never heard John 3.16 prior to this moment? I have, but I never really understood or took I got any notice to Get it. See, that particular that happens verse. To every, that happens to a lot of Christians. We hear verses on a regular basis, mm -hmm. and then all of a sudden the Lord opens your ears for the first time, really. And yeah. you're just like, oh, wow, that... That so that's that's what happened here. Yeah, very cool. And uh, that night, after some conversations, because I couldn't, when whenever he said, you know, it is free gift, and I couldn't cope with it. I um, didn't really debate, but I expressed enough uh, disagreement on my face because of lack of language. Yeah, <laughs> that I'm not really liking what he's saying. That anybody can be forgiven by by just a, just an ask. Yeah. But then he he said, if you really want to know, if you want to start a new life today, you can. And I knelt down that night and received Christ. Oh, wow. Very cool. But I didn't know what was coming next. <laughs> so so what was for, coming next? For the next 13 years, yeah. I hung out with them, went out, giving tracts out and talking to people, learning more about the word. And I started learning English with them. So you're immediately going out and you're sharing your faith by handing just handing out tracks. Yeah, I would just I would go with them on the weekends. Okay, uh, and I would just hand them weekends as in only Sunday because sure. India works six days a week. Fair enough. And on Sundays I would or Sunday or Saturday night I would go stay them with them and then the morning they, I would go out with them or just sometimes stay in. Anyway, we would give out and things like that, and everything was just in accordance to, you know, the New Testament and things that I know from my language. And my language in Eng uh, you know, English, handling of English was improving at that time. And about a year to two years uh, later, uh, they started teaching me their uh, doctrines and materials. That is not, uh, you know, that has not been shown to me before. And uh, on one of their books, there is this rather controversial um, subject goes on and I start inquiring about it. I don't really get many answers. And the what same, subject was that? Uh, it was about the, the the law of Moses versus the Christ's law and how okay. the one subject that said um, that if you love, if you cover everything under love, if you do everything in love, then you are not under the law. Okay. And but generally, you know, that sounds great yeah. until you get into the details. But 13 years I spent with them. And uh, I worked for various different companies, and the last one I worked there was uh, a company in Bangalore who transferred me to New York City. And that's how I came to America. So this company said, okay, you know, 
there is a position. There's there, there was a, another reason why it was a more personal reason, and they saw that. Yeah. And then I came to America and uh, started working for this company in New York City. I was very lonely. Yeah. And so uh, you're by yourself. Like I'm the, all by myself. I've wow. never known anybody from here. I don't know anybody in America at all. Like I'm starting from scratch Ooh. in a new country. And so I was very lonely. Uh, and on top of that, uh, big long story, but I broke up with my fiance five days before the wedding. <laughs> Oof. And now I'm all by myself in the big city. Yeah. And all I know is some workmates and um, just work and go home and that's it. So in all of this, I decided um, to reach back out to uh, the missionaries that I knew and yeah. asking, hey, do we have anybody here in New York City uh, in the group? And they got back to me that following weekend, they came to visit with me. And it started out great. The, the young children came. There were a number of families, and it was uh, it was great. And I was like, okay, I, I, I speak their language. They speak mine, and it's great. I know what they're talking about, et cetera, et cetera, yeah. and started off. Then they offered, hey, why are you spending all this money in this apartment, which we originally picked out with my former fiancé to live after getting married, which didn't happen, but right. because of the lease, I continued. Anyway, <laughs> um, the next four months is the biggest nightmare I ever experienced in my entire life really? after meeting with this group again. Why? What happened? Because they said you can live with us, and you can you don't you can only, you, you only have to have a fraction of the money uh, to spend. So I moved in with them to their apartment, and I was supposed to. This already sounds like it's going to be shady, <laughs> and it is very shady. <laughs> and so. They put me in their biggest bedroom, but on a corner. And several days later comes the flood of people. And they're all like laying in the same bedroom and everywhere else, like 20 plus people in this very small one bedroom oh apartment my goodness. as sardines, literally. It's, uh, that reminded me of the Bombay life that I had. Yeah, yeah. Or, you know. And and that weekend they started fundraising. They have all these pictures. They, go, they, they send all these kids on the streets raising funds and all of those activities going on. And then I start to seeing that they're, you know, the, the main leader starting to get drunk um, and start talking to me in a very nasty way. Oh, wow. And uh, d this is uh, somewhere around now, 2008, this is happening. And I don't know how to get out of here. And I'm shortening this without, I'm just leaving quite a bit of details. You can all read when I finish with my book. There you go. In detail. <laughs> so, okay, we'll talk about your book here in a minute. Yeah. So the uh, the experience started to be nothing like what I experienced in India. Th this group was completely different. And, but their operating model was the same about. So they had, the, they had the name Christian, but they were not Christian. No. And then I started researching their names on the Internet, which I've never done before. Yep. And I've come to find out what I'm part of is one of the largest cults from California, founded in 1968. <laughs> nice. And I spent Oof. 13 years of my life. How many years? Them. 13. With them? With them. Oh my goodness. Yeah. Wow, so how did you get out of that? So, I I did not know where to start. I am completely depressed, very lonely, cannot even tell anybody at work because I'm embarrassed about this. Yeah. 
And uh, my mom continued to ask me to go back to the Catholic Church. She said, it's a real church. You've got to be back. My former roommate, who and I dabbled quite a bit in Buddhism together, says that's the way to live. You are a god. Realize it now and live, it like, live like a god. Mm. And we've read so many books on that. And then there is this group who constantly forces their doctrines and uh, lifestyles. You aren't allowed to listen to music from outside. You're not allowed to read anything from outside. Uh, very, very rigid and structured, oh, uh, you know, lifestyle. Yeah. And uh, they're asking me to join them full time and you know do the mission do their work, thing. Do, do their thing. So I'm in that that one night, extremely depressed. This guy yelling and screaming at me and almost physically hurting me yeah. one night. I decided to leave faith all by itself on one side I decided to leave faith completely I said there is no God because if he was even there he wouldn't allow human beings to have these many descriptions and definitions of himself sure. that they're all running astray with these things so there can't be one there's no one definition of a God it is left to you so and you went from Catholic to playing around with Buddhism to this weird cult yeah to a little bit of Christianity, and then you went agnostic. Agnostic or, or, all the way to I want to graduate myself to atheism. atheism. Oh, and wow. I decided that night that I will never, ever care about this God thing ever again. And I'm going to pretend to like them and pretend to learn whatever they're teaching me every day yep. and figure out a way out. And my dream uh, when I came to America uh, was to um, uh, maybe start a company, have uh, you know that level of vision in the networking in the software industry. And I, I decided that night, like a hardcore, strong You're decision. Just a solid I'm cat. done. This is yep. it. Yep. No more of this nonsense. So, so how, did, how did Jesus get a hold of you after that? So <laughs> um, the next morning, I go to work. Complete hopelessness, sadness. It's just mounting on me. Depression, you know, on hold. And uh, oh, complete um, turmoil in my head. And I go to work and I sit down. And a colleague of mine walks into my office, drops a piece of paper. It was a tract, and it said, this is for you religious types. And I was like, okay. He knows that I, you know, dabbled in these things. So I, I read it, and it's an invitation from a church in New York City. Now, you have to remember, 13 years, this team basically have brainwashed uh, you, brainwashed you yeah. to hate the Jews <clears throat> and hate the American church. Oh, in general. Wow. The founder is Jewish, but he completely <laughs> disliked <laughs> right. oh. everything about Judaism, Israel yeah. in general. They hated Israel. Yeah. And I, I, I had all that in me yeah. when I first started. So I didn't, I didn't want to go to church. I absolutely know. I already made the decision. But there was something that there, it was a July, uh, I believe in 2008, um, he, uh, there was an invitation to this church uh, that they were going to talk about movies uh, of that year that mentioned God or the Bible, and they were going to discuss that. And it was the year, I believe, Simpsons was released. And uh, 2008, I believe it was 2008, yeah. Simpsons was released. And uh, Simpsons, uh, they said, was the only fam TV family that went to church, and they had scenes from the, uh, the church attendance. So I said, oh, that's very curious. What do they have to say about this? True. I mean, you know, I'm curious. I love movies. and I, So I thought I would check it out. But I can't tell any, anybody at home. Sure, no, no, so, no. So I lied to them. 
I said I have work on now Sundays. It was a complete nonsense uh, and a lie. So because they basically followed me, tracked me where I went, uh, I knew they would make sure that I was actually going to work. So I actually went to work, 2 o'clock in the afternoon, sat there for almost three and a half hours, took the underground train, and went to church for the first time. And I walked in there. It was Hammerstein Ballroom in so New York City. You're, I mean, you're. I, I'm fascinated with that because I mean, that was a that was a risk. Like you had to go yep. like outside of your comfort zone. Yep. Like you really had to get in there. This is like most people when they go to church. They're. I mean, they struggle to get out of bed. You're plan. You've planned this out to the point where you're going to your job, make it look like so you don't get in trouble, and then you take a subway yep. to church. Okay. Yeah. Keep going. I'm sorry. Yeah, so wow. I believe it was some 34th Street or something like that where Hammerstein Ballroom is a huge building. Yeah. And uh, we were on the eighth floor. It's a pop-up church. And I walk in there completely in my, you know, my body doesn't want to be there. That kind of a feeling because I'm taught to hate what is about to happen. Yep. So I walk in there. I walk in and sit somewhere in the middle. There was about probably a thousand people in the service. And I did not pay any attention to whatsoever to whatever they said other than the clips that they played. And I watched it, and there were some funny moments, and that they kind of talked about it. And uh, towards the end of the service, they said, hey, anybody who's visiting, please raise your hands. They gave, gave me a bag of things to look at. Uh, and then they said, if anybody is new here, there is uh, a book at the end that we would like you to have. It's free. So I said, okay, I'll free book. I'll grab it. And I grabbed it. And in the train, way, my way home, I started reading. And within the first few pages of it, I was gripped by it. I was just like, I couldn't put it down. Sure. And I kept on reading. And it was starting to answer all of my questions that I had in my mind, but never dared to ask anybody. Didn't have it in me when I was a Catholic. Didn't have it in me when I was trying Buddhism out. Didn't have it in me when I was in the cult. Yeah. And I got home and uh, I had to hide it because I know that they would find it. Yeah. And... uh, Obviously, a few days later, they found it. They tore it apart and threw it on my face. Told me never to read it. I grabbed it. Somebody, somebody, one of the kids put it together and gave it back to me. And I continued to read it for the next several days. But every night when I come home, the debate starts of the content of the book. They and would want to debate you? Yeah. Okay. Of the content of the book. Yeah. And say what you're reading is not of God. And you don't know anything about Jesus. And they started cussing at me. And, you know, throwing this at me. This is one, one guy mainly. Everybody's silent. He's a, like a tyrant. Like, you know, well, that's what cults do. They have tyrants. That yeah. They're just dictators. Yeah. And, and, and then I, I, I did not know how to respond at first. I was shaking because I didn't know sure. what to do. I don't know if he was going to you know, hurt me uh, potentially. Uh, but I started getting a little bolder. And I started saying things out of this one book. And I said, hey, if your doctrines are as you say, are based on Bible, then you can actually put it up for debates. Because Bible is up for debate. Bible is available to anybody who wants to read it in this country. It is available to me. Your doctrine should be on the same level. And they that's what they did not get it. They said, you're a baby. You cannot have that level of doctrines. It's a blah, 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 mm-hmm. and on and on and on. Anyway, I, I decided I needed a way out. I went and I don't know how we are doing on time, but... We've got a few minutes left. Yeah, <laughs> uh, I went and uh, um, uh, continued on there, but I also started, you know, still going to church, and uh, 
there was an announcement for you know people to try out for uh, you know their worship ministry, mm-hmm. and I went and tried for keyboard. Didn't work it work it out because I was so scared and I didn't know what I was doing. Right on my way out, uh, one of the guys came up and said, "Hey." I want to talk to you for a second. You know, do you play? And I said, I do, but I, I just got. Yeah. And he sensed that I wasn't easy. There. I said, I don't know this type of music. Uh, so he said, Okay, do you know how to play the keys? And I, here's, if I were to draw the keys, can you play? Uh, you know, th- this chord and that chord. And I said, I, I kind of, you know, did the right ones. And he said, Okay, well then maybe you can follow me when I play on on something else. And then we started talking. He invited me to a small group. And one day after church service i was walking back and then i told him what is going on at home for the first time to another human being pretty oh much. wow so you you shared what was going on with somebody else because i got very comfortable mm. yeah because uh, and we were eating uh dinner at wendy's on 34th street and then i kind of told him what's going on he didn't really say much and i was sh- I, to my shock he really did not say much he just sat there and um, we finished dinner there wasn't much of a, that. This is my memory. Now yeah, need to check sure. with him too. But we went to the train stations and we went to our homes respectively. After that, and I was shocked by the experience in 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 a, in a way because I thought there would be more of asking of questions, etc. Uh, and then I stopped going to the small group. And then he saw me at church one day and he said, "Hey, are you not coming back?" And said, "Would love like to." And then I went back again uh, to the small group. And that night when we were walking back. He asked, hey, do you want to grab lunch? We go back to the same Wendy's, sit at the same table at like 9.30 in the night. He said, sorry, I didn't say anything, but what can I do about this? This is not, this is scary. Mm-hmm. And uh, we decided to become roommates. Oh, wow. And we started looking for a house, and we found one about a month later. He parked a U-Haul in front of that apartment and left it unlocked that night so no one would notice him they saw it and started asking what is this and whose is it and etc etc finally uh, we ended up uh, leaving alone I didn't say anything the next morning on Saturday I started loading this like nuts when they all left and then Sunday we were supposed to load the rest of it and uh, oh yeah Sunday morning I did all the loading uh, and then uh, my friend Bill was supposed to come and help me, mm-hmm. and he came to load the big items. And someone shows up at the door, and we are shocked and don't know what to do here. Um, not the main guy, another guy. And he comes up, and uh, my friend Bill refused to shake hands with him because of all the stories that he heard. Yeah. And finally, uh, we tell him that you gotta let me go. You gotta let me go. And he says, Yeah, I won't say anything to anybody. Go. And then on the way out, he says. I love that book that you're reading. I used to teach that in Peru. Oh, wow. This book is The Case for Christ by Lee Strobel. Wow. The one that they tore it apart. The one they tore apart. And hated it. So that, but, so by reading that book, that's how Jesus got a hold of you. And got back to church. Son. Well, that has been an incredible story, T. Joe. Thank you, thank you, thank you for taking time to share this we're gonna i'm gonna we're gonna come back again at some point i want to have you back on we'll talk yep. talk more because you have a new book that's that you're working on mm-hmm. and i want to dive into that more sure and, and some of the other things that you're doing ministry wise that are yep. just um gospel centered i know you've got i mean you're you're handing a whole bunch of solid solid stuff yeah and so i, I want to talk about that the next time we we come together on, on the next program so would you 
do me a favor. Just would you lead us in prayer as we as we dismiss from this program? Yeah. Lord, we uh, thank you so much uh, for our time on this planet, and uh, we thank you for this time that I get to spend with uh, Caleb, and uh, ask you to touch many, many hearts and minds today that are struggling with their faith, uh, the one uh, of Christian faith or the faith that uh, they're now part of and wants to find the truth and the only truth that we know that exists. He said uh, he's the way, the truth, and life, and no one comes to the Father except through him. And so we ask God to reveal that truth to the hearts and minds that hear this program and beyond and uh, uh, continue to help us to spread this good news that you gave us, this treasure. And we ask you all of this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thanks for being on here. Let's go get them this week, guys. This program has been brought to you by DSR, a technology company that has been investing in Bartles of the Families for over 35 years. DSR, we deliver technology.